They said it was forbidden. They said it was dangerous. They were right. Introducing the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual. Dive into the arcane, into the hidden corners of the occult. This isn't just a comic. It's a hidden tome of supernatural power. All original artwork illustrating the groundbreaking research of Juan Ayala, one of the only living homunculologists of our time. Learn how to summon your own homunculus, an enigma wrapped in the fabric of reality itself, their power at your fingertips, their existence, your secret. Explore the mysteries of the Aristotelian, the spiritual, the Paracelsian, the Crowleyan homunculus, ancient knowledge lost to time, now unearthed in this forbidden tale. This comic book holds truths not meant for the light of day, knowledge that was buried, feared, and shunned. Are you ready to uncover the hidden, the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual, not for the faint of heart, available now from Paranoid American. Get your copy at tjojp.com or paranoidamerican.com today. started with one story one dude's story which base root of it and that's what you find through all occultism you know all the information is hidden within stories and within language and it's it's how we process information still where we think of ourselves in this modern way you know with technology and stuff as being more analytical but we're not we're story whatever the best story is is usually what people believe and that's why you've got so many people believing some pretty fucking crazy shit out there it's because there's a lot of good storytellers and we're all connected (laughs) together now and unfortunately the story you know governments media wants to sell fucking sucks and the story other people are selling they're they also fucking suck, but they're way more entertaining. It's way more easy to believe, you know, the Queen's a reptilian alien other than, you know, just some incestually bred twat. Welcome to the One on One podcast with your host, Juan Ayala. Prepare to have your mind blown. episode of the one-on-one podcast your host as always you should check me out on social media at the one-on-one podcast telegram patreon youtube all that shit links in the episode notes so much shit i always say the same fucking thing every episode like if people don't already know so whatever fuck it what's up dude how you been hey uh hey guys what's going on i'm the other one today i'm chaz (laughs) 
um, paranormal investigator, uh, weird storyteller, um, general aficionado of strangeness. Um, yeah, you can follow me at Chaz the Dead and ChazTheDead.com to follow all my works. I'm excited to get into some uh, freaky Florida stuff today. And most importantly, Chaz is a Florida man. And today I adopted a pet gator, bro. His name is Barry. What do you think about that? That's awesome, dude. <laughs> Are you raising them for food or for family? <laughs> so I'm buying a property and then I was like, hey, it has, it's got a pond on it. So I asked the old owner, I'm like, hey, is there any fish in the pond? He goes, yeah. I was like, oh, cool. That's awesome. Whatever. I can stock it up. And then he goes, oh, and there's also a gator. And I'm like, what? Is a gator? How big is it? Oh, it's a little gator, whatever. We feed it. And it's like a dog. And I'm like, nice. what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> so then we go up to the to the fence. And sure enough, dude, when the gator hears you, he comes out of the comes out of the water, fucking goes right up to you so you can feed him. <laughs> Hell yeah. How big is he? He's probably about, I want to say like four feet. So he's a decent size. So okay, yeah. but he's like a dog, dude. He'll sit there and he'll just like fucking perk up. Like he's like waiting for like a treat, and then they just they feed him bread and pizza and all this shit, so they just give him shit to eat. But yeah, he's there to stay. He's been <laughs> there for three out. years, and I'm like, well, you guys are leaving. We're not gonna fucking kill it. So either we throw it across the swamp on the other side of the road or do something with it. So I don't know, dude. We'll see what happens. But that's funny. Yeah, his name is fucking Barry. Yeah. Hey, man, they're everywhere. I I was I was looking at a meme um, yesterday that was uh, you know it was like people in most countries and states and it's like this is our you know our 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 animal our specific to this region you know you got to respect it don't get up there don't touch it and then it's like florida it's like oh you want some gator bites or you, know, you need some uh want gator sandwich what, what do you how do you want your gator served <laughs> have you a gator bro yeah a couple times it's pretty gamey like i don't i don't like it it's too chewy yeah, the, the texture's a little uh, unique, but you know, it's, it's. I think it's one of those foods. It's whatever you season it with, well, it'll taste like yeah. that. Yeah, you know. It's yeah. Kind of a, so, if you can get over the texture. <laughs> yeah, it's like eating gar because I don't know if you ever ate gar mm. before, but it's like how you prepare. Mm. But it's just the texture of it. it's like so. Just like eating a rubber duck, like eating a boot. I don't know if you've ever ate a boot before, but no, it's not fucking but I can good. Imagine. <laughs> <laughs> So, Chaz, what have you been up to as far as your research into the paranormal? I know you brought up a very interesting Florida, oh, the was it the Betts Sphere? Is that it? The one that you, that we talked about last time on Illuminati Confirmed, which was very interesting. I'd never heard about it before. Have you encountered anything else since the last time we talked in your paranormal adventures? Um, well, yeah, uh, I'm actually wrapping up uh, the the editing process on that uh, uh, a book on that case. Um, for those unfamiliar, the Betts Sphere was a case that um, popped up in 1974 uh, in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, the The Betts family was uh, matriarched by Jerry Betts. She was a very enterprising woman. She ran for city council. She had a trucking company and real estate company. I mean, you know, all this back in the 70s when it was uh, an even more difficult time for, for ladies. Um, so, you know, she was a kind of a, a pillar of society, right? She was known as, you know, an eccentric, but, you know, 
powerful and uh, influential woman. Uh, and she lived on this very much like castle on a hill, like house on haunted hill <laughs> house in on Fort George Island. Um, like the, the main entryway is this tower. Um, it's this old Tudor style. It really looks like it should be in um, Europe, you know, like on a, a hill in Bavaria. Um, but here it is tucked away on this um, this weird hill in Jacksonville, Florida. And the hill itself is bizarre. It's the largest, um, uh, the highest point um, in the county. It, um, you know, it was partially constructed. Um, Native Americans lived there and used it as like a shell midden. So parts, parts of it are, you know, man-made. Um, just a super bizarre location this super intriguing lady and one afternoon she's walking around the the island there fort george island and her and her adult son find this big metal sphere um, and of course the island has this history of of uh, a plantation before that there was a spanish mission um, and before that it was hundreds of years of, of occupancy by the Timucuan tribe um and so they assumed that this ball, maybe it was a cannonball or, you know, had some kind of historical significance. So the son, uh, the adult son, Terry, put it in a, picked it up, brought it home and put it in his room. Um, a couple weeks later, he was playing a guitar um, in his room when the, the sphere began to ring in like this response. And it started to ring and vibrate and roll around on its own. And it didn't just, you know, like move like a wind up toy or anything. It seemed to move with intelligence. It would like roll up to one member of the family, kind of like check them out and then roll out the out the door, go down the stairs and like, you know, do donuts. And it had this kind of intelligence to it. Um, and, you know, of course, they were amazed and they told their friends and families and eventually the news and radio stations and stuff got interested. Um, they showed up, took photos and stuff. One radio show host watched it go all the way to the edge of a glass table and kind of hang off in like this gravity defying way. And like, as they were walking out the door it, it, and he felt that it was like the ball saying, Hey, don't forget about me. Don't leave me. You know, I'm right here. Um, almost like a, a dog or a pet. Or a pet um, gator like Barry. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> He's like, hey, perked up, just like that fucking gator. Um, interestingly, the bets, they did have a dog, a little dog, and it hated this spear. It would, like, whine and, like, um, you know, cower if it got too close to the sphere. Um, so, you know, a lot of speculation on... Um, you know, paranormal side effects. Almost immediately, people are saying it's, you know, it's a UFO, it's from a different planet. Um, and this kind of picks up in the media in this really unsuspected way, so much so that the Navy, which has a base right there at the mouth of the St. John's, right across the, the river from Fort George, um, they're like, well, we got to check this ball out. We want to investigate. Um, and one of the interesting things I found during my research, writing, looking into this case, is that that naval station um, had been buzzed by UFOs twice before um, this event in 1974. I found two uh, people who worked there who reported to um, 
submitted reports saying, yeah, I was working there at a guard station and this one night fucking UFO buzzed us, buzzed the whole station. They like scrambled jets and everything. Like they, it was, you know, a, a memorable event in this, this uh, guy's life. And um, he, you know, this Naval station had a couple of these incidents and then they hear about this, you know, metal sphere moving on its own right to the north and they, they were interested. And this is right about when the story gets super murky because um, the Navy gets involved, but also famed ufologist J. Allen Hynek gets involved, too. I don't know if you're familiar with Hynek. I am not. Uh, no. Many of many credit him as the like father of modern ufology. He was kind of one of the first legitimate scientists. Um, what year is this? This is 74. Um, this this so, is after Van Tassel, right? Because Van Tassel was one of like the OGs talking about the, the so, people from Venus and shit. Right, right. No, Hynek was kind of one of the first like legitimate scientists to say, no, no, hold on, UFO. There's something going on here. He was, I believe, um, a astrophysicist, same as Stanton Freeman. Um, but he was part of, um, you know, project blue book. They like, he was one of these civilians that they brought into the military's early UFO research. And he, you know, started out as a skeptic and came away from it, you know, from the few cases that they deemed legitimate being like, they're legitimate, like something's going on here. And, um, afterwards he was, in the, you know, uh, private sector looking into UFOs, the, um, national inquirer of all publications, uh, was putting on this kind of contest to bring proof of UFOs forward. Um, and they put him and Dr. Kirby surprise. A lot of these famous, um, names you'll hear that pop up again and again in UFOlogy, they were on this panel and this panel also examined the ball and there's, accusations pretty much at every point that someone stole it. We don't know if the Navy stole the ball. Um, there's this whole other theory about J. Allen Hynek himself stealing the ball. He came to visit the family at the home and like spent a night with the ball in his room. And by all reports, they like caught him in the middle of the night fiddling with it, like messing around with the ball. They were like, what are you doing? There's this theory. He swapped it out. Um, all kinds of strangeness. Uh, but right around this same time, right after the Navy looks into it and Hynek looks into it, the Betts family is like, all right, we're done with it. We're tired of people calling the house at all fucking hours. We're tired of people showing up and just knocking on the door and like camping on the property. We're, we're you know, I'm a legitimate businesswoman. I got a lot of other shit going on. I don't, I can't talk about this stupid fucking ball. And they anymore. found it exactly where did they, they, did they say? So the exact location isn't known, but it is known. That it was on Fort George Island where this house is as well. Um, and Fort George Island kind of became the focus of my project because I found that it's, you know, along with its long history, history, it has a long paranormal history. You know, it's got, um, legends from um, the slave era. There's this legend of old red eyes, this re red-eyed entity that um, has similar vibes to a lot of, of Mothman. And as I as a kid, I saw some red eyes, and that was kind of my initial like spooky experience. Um, 
a lot of classic paranormal stuff to your ghostly women in white that are seen at Kingsley Plantation there on the island. Um, Really bizarre stuff. Sea monsters seen at the mouth of the river right next uh, off the coast of the island there. And um, most interestingly, though, it seems that it is something that's continuing. The phenomenon didn't die off with the bet sphere. Because um, in 2015, uh, two of those famous Navy UFO videos were filmed. The gimbal video where it shows that saucer kind of rotating. That's like the famous one, you know, everyone thinks of when they think UFO video. But the other one they filmed was called the Go Fast. And it shows a metal sphere right above the, the surface of the ocean hauling ass. Now, what's never discussed is that it's hauling ass in the direction, in the direct vicinity of this island, of Fort George Island. It was filmed right off the coast of Jacksonville, Florida, where almost exactly 40 years ago, they found a, or 30 years ago at that time, they found a metal sphere that moved on its own, that the Navy investigated. Super bizarre coincidence that seems to have gone completely over everyone's heads when discussing these famous videos. Everyone wants to talk about the videos and, oh, the Navy and the military, is it a PSYOP? Is it this? Hold on a second, guys. Let's take a step back. That video that's showing that little metal sphere hauling ass, that's the exact dimensions, descriptions. It looks exactly like the Bet Sphere which again, 30 years ago happened on in this exact same location. You know, it's, it's bizarre. And it's something that we need to, to, you know, contend with as we move forward and keep looking at UFOs as a, a serious science. I had something else pop up here. I don't want to bring it up yet. I, I think you might have talked about it on the last show. We were on the, the Neff House. Did you talk about that? Yeah, that's that's the other name for the the Bats Castle, the Neff House. Oh, okay, okay. The same place. It's a weird looking um, so fucking the house. house. Itself, this house itself has all of these haunting legends. Um, it's you know it was built for this the Neff family, but they all died in tragic ways: suicides, fires, um, really dark ways before they moved into the house, and so it sat empty. And it sat empty and gathered all these, like, legends. People started telling stories, you know, the spooky house on the hill. Um, and it sat empty for about 30, 40 years before Jerry Betts purchased it. Um, and she, when she moved in, had all these ghostly happenings, even before the ball, the sphere entered the story. There were, um, you know, glasses would break outside. Of, they were secured in locked cabinets, and they'd find them broken on the floor. Um, you know, books and stuff would fall. The phone would ring on its own. Um, you know, bizarre kind of weird ghostly stuff. They would even see little lights around the property. Um, and Jerry told the newspaper reporter that, oh, it's probably like phosphorus in the soil. Like she had this like really interesting kind of scientific. It's what they always fucking say. It's ball lightning. Uh It's ball lightning. You know, she had this, well, it was an interesting, you know, kind of thesis. Um, and of course the house being haunted brings in all kinds of other fucking questions. Maybe the sphere was just a regular metal sphere and the fucking ghosts were moving it around. It became like 
a giant playing chat on a Ouija board. You know what I mean? And the house is the fucking board. Oh, man. Because I know nothing about this case. And I never had heard about it until we had you on the show the other day. And it's super fucking interesting because you can make that connection with the Tic Tac videos. And obviously, if it's going so fast, it can look distorted in a video. So a sphere could be a little bit stretched out, you know, with the frame rates and all this mm-hmm. shit. So you could turn it into a Tic Tac in, in a way. Well, the, the go fast video in particular, that one is a solid sphere. I mean, it's just it looks like a ball. It's actually considered the least intriguing of those Navy videos because, again, it. It is the one that looks most like it could be like a probe or something, but it becomes the most interesting video when you take in this fucking historical information that fuck, this was right there. That's the ocean is here. And then the islands right here. <laughs> so if, cause obviously we all know the OG, the conspiracy theory that got me when I was in second, third grade was mm-hmm. the Bermuda triangle is there any sort of triangle around this area? Because you have the Michigan Triangle, you have the Bridgewater Triangle, you have the Bermuda Triangle, you have the Dragons Triangle, you have Mohenjo-Daro, you have Easter Island, you have all these different vortices or portals around the world, if you will. Is there any around this area? Because you brought up the Shalmidans, and it reminds me of Jekyll Island and the mound, the the Rockefeller estate that they have there, the cottage that they have there. Yeah. Is there any triangle or weird magnetic anomaly in this area that would maybe add on to why this sphere was acting this way so very first of all love that question great question uh, i haven't pinned out a a triangle yet um which i it could be done though the, the whole triangle thing is a little uh a little tongue-in-cheek i think it's also it's something you also hear a lot in the paranormal they'll be like it's the Skinwalker Ranch of insert region, <laughs> you know what I mean, of Canada or, of, you know. You don't whatever. like that? You don't like when people do that? What's the I, Skinwalker I mean, Ranch of Florida, bro? <laughs> well, I, I, I guess I'd say Fort George Island <laughs> um, because, again, this long, long history. But the, the idea of window zones and window areas is something that harkens back to, to John Keel and the Mothman all the way back to the 60s. That, you know, certain locations in certain areas seem to be more, um, you know, I don't know what the, the proper term is, but more um, compatible with the phenomenon, right? It, it, they seem to pop up more in certain locations than others. Um, and while I, I didn't draw a triangle, because um, it's kind of like ley lines, you know, you can just draw, we're on a globe, you can just draw a line to another point and it's a straight line. <laughs> You can do it anyway, anywhere you want. Um, but I did find that in the surrounding area, you um, you definitely have a lot of high strangeness. Before you even get to the island, just your, your road trip driving out there, you're going to have to drive over a bridge that has a ghost legend. Or if you take the Mayport Ferry, when you're sitting in line to get on the ferry, you'll be parked next to this haunted house that has this, this legend of a a couple who ran away and murdered this guy at the house and then ran away together and all kinds of weird ghostly legends. Most interestingly though, I found that um, if you go along the St. John's river, which um, is sourced from a lake um, near Orlando, it runs North. It's one of the few rivers in um, the Americas that flows North. Um, 
and uh, interesting, like the Nile. That's the St. John's you said? It flows north? St. John's, yep. It flows north. I believe the Nile's the only river in Africa that flows north. Really? Um, And we know how magically charged Egypt is and all those areas over there with the the triangles, with the pyramids. It certainly has that association, (laughs) yeah. So as you go along the length of the river, um, you find different super weird stories. Um, at near the source, you have the I-4 dead zone, where it's the deadliest stretch of highway in America. Yeah, I've <laughs> been there. right there, north of Orlando. And, you know, interestingly, it's not in the city where there's all those roller coasters and distractions and shit, you know, along the, the road where everyone's driving like an asshole. It's right when you get out of it, right? You get out of the those big cement walls and you're like, the, you can see the you're driving over the lake and the uh, trees and stuff. It's almost the, the prettiest part of I-4. Well, supposedly it was built on top of this early um, German settlement um, the, or Eastern European settlement. And, you know, these dudes died and ghosts had been seen in that area long before they built um, the highway. And the ghosts were seen as these these balls of light. Um, and to this day, people report strange phenomenon, like their cars just turning off on their own and stuff in that stretch of the road and things like that. Um, and again, the statistics say it is, it is the deadliest, you know, chunk of highway. Um, if you go up further through the, up the river, you will come to Barden, which is this uncorporated community, not far from here in Gainesville, um, that has this legend of the Barden booger, this kind of Bigfoot creature. It's hairy what? Little, little the Barden dude. booger? Barden booger. And he's set apart from other Bigfoot because he's usually reported carrying a lantern, carrying some kind of light source. And again, you have this light sphere right next to this Bigfoot creature people see pop up. Um, yeah, super bizarre story. And he's Never like heard of this shit, bro. Uh-huh, the Barden Booger. Um, he's kind of a local mascot in that area. Uh, people, he, there's a couple. Um, I think your camera just went out again. Like a costume. Ah, oh, shit. They're trying to censor me. <laughs> yeah, bro. The lizards are angry. You can't. You right when you talked about the Barden Booger, they don't want you to know about the Barden Booger, ladies and gentlemen. They yeah. took out my camera. I think you can still hear me though. So yeah, I think we'll be all right. It's all good, bro. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I nope. never. I think I'm back. There you are. So I'd never heard of this. You're bringing up a bunch of shit that, I mean, I've lived in Florida pretty much my entire life, mm-hmm. and it's, it's always has to do right that that one section of I four that they built over some old burial ground. It's always some old burial. It's like, hey, right. dude, there's bodies here. It's like, fuck uh-huh. it, just send it. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, just send it, bro. So it's always that, and then. Have do you see a connection? So I, whenever I can't explain anything, my go-to is interdimensional. That's that, nothing makes my nipples harder than talking about <laughs> interdimensional beings. And whenever it's like, oh well, aliens, well they're interdimensional. Well, why is there no bodies of Bigfoot? Because they're interdimensional. It's like, what happened to the missing four one one? Interdimensional, bro. It's like, yeah. oh man, really? Yeah, dude. Anything that I can't explain, interdimensional. I don't give a fuck what it is. So <laughs> when you start talking about these portals and these certain areas of the 
the globe or the flat earth, whatever fucking model you want to subscribe to, right? I think about uh, hollow earth or, or hollow earth or flat hollow earth, whatever, whatever fucking floats your boat. I like to think about places like the Everglades, right? Where it's like open land in the middle of nowhere. And it's like, you don't know what happens in the middle. Like, right. What's the, the coward carries the cowardly dog. What happens yeah. in the middle of nowhere? It's like courage, you know, like that fucking, that, that, that cartoon was so trippy, bro. And I was watching it with my son the other day, just to like, you know, just that, uh, this nostalgic like thing that I was doing, I was just oh, yeah. watching it and it was like a cult as fuck, bro. Like it was like, uh, room six 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 and a half, and I'm like, why the? F- it's a fucking Cartoon Network show. And a half. Uh-huh. Like what it the? Weird, f- it was a weird one. Man. Yeah, it's really weird. So, yeah, but but I think about the Everglades and right the open deserts. How they've always talked. You know, Jesus was tempted in the desert by by Satan, and you know the jinn live in the desert. Do they live in the Everglades? Like all this stuff. Have you seen a correlation between like? these balls of lightning and cryptids, do they always come together or is it, you know, can you have one and not the other type of thing? So I, I'm of many minds on this subject. Cause I probably, cause I spend so much fucking time thinking about it. Um, but I, I do think that there's a, another case um, I've been working on in um, South Africa, the ghost of the Kalahari. I think we touched on this a little bit on the uh, Illuminati show. But basically, it's this light sphere, and then you have different interpretations of it through time and through different ethnic groups. Um, so first you have this light sphere. People always report the light sphere throughout the reporting of this, this little studied phenomenon. And this is in Namibia um, for those geology nerds, um, right outside the Kalahari Desert region. So this ball of light scene and in the earlier colonial eras, it's seen around these abandoned structures and houses. And you stuff. said the ghosts of the Kalahari the Kalahari is. Yeah. Um, and you can type that in. I'm not sure how much you'll get. You'll probably get, there's a, a, like a special deer that people hunt in the Kalahari that people call the ghost of the Kalahari. Bro, What the fuck is this? The mysterious lost city city of the Kalahari. Is that the same thing? Um, I'm not sure if it's directly related. If it, it might be because there's these towns, they're really picturesque. They're half swallowed by sand. Um, and people see your classic ghost women in white. Um, they see that light sphere and then it kind of morphs into this ghostly woman. Nowadays, people see this ghost sphere though, and they report it being like a UFO. They're like, Oh, it was definitely a UFO. It mutilated my cattle. Um, 100% UFO. But there's this one region around this river bank and between these these two villages where it's reported as a flying snake. This snake has a big glowing light on its head. So when you see it from far away, all you see is a white sphere. But when it gets closer, you can see it's a flying snake. And it leaves these scorch marks. It's almost like an Asian dragon. It's got this internal heat. But again, the same thing UFOs do. They leave scorch marks. The snake is also reported to latch on and suck the blood out of sheep, completely drain them of blood, leaving these perfectly round burn holes. Again, cattle mutilations, just like UFOs, just like chupacabras, which have been reported, you know, not throughout South and North America. A couple sightings here in Florida. Um, yeah. So it's it seems that the the light sphere might be a 
base kind of before we we interpret it before our minds really try to process what we're seeing we get the light sphere and then when we try to process it whatever our cultural beliefs and backgrounds and whatever that gets thrown on to, as a filter to make it something we can potentially understand so um, have you talked to could you touch on something very important have you talked to ryan burns by any chance i don't think i have no so Ryan Burns, he owns a property adjacent to Skinwalker Ranch. And he's written a lot about these light spheres. Now, he's had encounters with them as well, where they've chased them down and yeah. they've pinned them down. And he says that he just some, some crazy fucking story. But one of the things that he always talks about is, right, the Skinwalker, which we all know and love, where he is able, it is able to read your mind and your thoughts and whatever it is, right? And it takes a little bit of you whenever it is that you visit it. But these spheres, they're sentient. They understand and they know. And you're talking about right. something that's predicting your very move before you even think about it because it's morphing to whatever ideology it is whatever cultural ideology that you have in that area it's morphing to whatever that area's cultural thing is which is crazy because it's almost like an egregore type of thing where is it are we projecting right. it or is it sentient? well i think it's it's closer to that egregore thing i don't necessarily give it the agency of picking and choosing you know what i mean because again if it was doing something in a specific area so the the thing to note about the ghost of the kalahari case is that that area is one of where they see it as a flying snake is one of the areas that has been least affected by colonization um and not entirely though because some of the call some of the the you know dutch settlers and stuff in that region also reported seeing the snakes after they had lived in that community for a while so it's it, it's interesting it seems to be something that can it's um, more malleable than, you know, just, you know, having necessarily this agency and using it to, to trick people, um, which I'm not ruling out. It could be that as well. Um, but the, the light spheres themselves, when we say they show intelligence, similar to the vet sphere, it seems to be more of like an animal-like intelligence, right? In Marfa, Texas, you have the lights going out and like observing st uh, school buses. They'll like kind of like peer into the window and like look at the kids and then kind of like fly away, you know, look if it had eyes. Um, I think the skinwalker phenomenon is one that actually does kind of back up this um, – theory because right nowadays in the u.s you have um you know there's still very a lot of christian dogmatic viewpoints um clearly but a lot of people have moved on past believing in things like demons and um, not that many people really believe in ufos i mean a lot more people do nowadays than ever before but no one like believes in it in that super practical like oh i'm gonna see one sense and so when they see one of these strange things in the woods and their mind doesn't have, you know, a thing they really believe in to paint it, you end up getting these weird half-animal, mutilated, bizarre-looking creatures. You know, that's why you have 
Bigfoots and dogmen and like these weird deer things. It's because your mind's like, well, it must be an animal. So it puts an animal filter on it, but that filter doesn't quite work because it's not an animal. So, you know, it needs to show you that, well, it's not an animal, but it's something animal like, and it's probably dangerous. So here's what you're going to see. <laughs> Stay away from it. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it gets the message across because those things are fucking terrifying. Um, but again, it's a, an impossible, it's one of those things that is really difficult to study. Um, it's something that they have when they try to study psychic powers is if the team of scientists believes in psychic powers, then the psychic thing they're testing mm. in the case, usually random number generators, they'll have a more positive effect. But the opposite happens when you have skeptical researchers, they'll, have so little psychic powers, it'll actually be statistically significant in the other direction. They'll be like, well, it's almost like you're so bad at being psychic, it made <laughs> it improbable. Um, yeah, but that's, so, part of, that's part of the whole experience, too, where with, with magic, right, you, the, one of the main factors is faith, is is believing that it's it sounds stupid right mm -hmm. but what do they tell us as kids like you just have to believe you know in all these fucking disney movies and all this like just believe you know and you know clip clack your fucking heels three times and you'll mm -hmm. go somewhere whatever you know what i mean but that's also part of it so by you opening up your mind to this the right like the twilight zone like all these that's why when i watch the twilight zone like the original one i'm like how love the, that scene, how did man. they let this go through on tv you know what i mean and, and after the 90s there wasn't any more movies like the original matrix or like fight club or like these cerebral movies that are like make you question your reality now it's either some bullshit that's trying to push some ideology of whatever political yeah. party or whatever political movement and you can see right through it's not like yeah. you know look within and all this stuff but i think that's important because you're talking about manifesting results and you have a group you know if you have a group of people who believe in it they're probably going to make something as a collective happen versus if you have a group of skeptics they're like eh, mm -hmm. it's probably not real the the results are minimal and I think that's part of the experience as well, where if you go out there and you invite almost inviting this thing in, it's more than likely going to appear to you. But I've also the whole fact of that it happens when there's no technology around, like it, mm. it's like, does it know or do you know that you have a piece of technology that you could capture it on or whatever it is? Because one mm. of the things that was freaking me out for a while was. You know, you'd sit on TikTok late at night and you start flipping through and there would be this these skinwalker clips where right as technology grows, you're going to have more and more cameras everywhere. And maybe mm. people are going to be recording their paranormal experiences. And, and a lot of the videos that I would see would be, you know, there'd be this person riding a horse through a woods and then they're like they, they hear something, you know, animals have this instinct. So the, the horse would start to freak out. And then sure enough, you'd hear somebody screaming, you know, like, help yeah. me or whatever it is. And it's like, we know that the skinwalker does the crying, the water babies, you know, don't go yeah. near the fucking crying water it's, babies. It's back to, yeah, fairy folklore, hundreds yes. of thousands of years of, of that phenomenon. Yep. Yes, exactly. So I've seen this, those, the one in particular that really creeped me out was a, it was like a, he zoomed in and it could be fake, you know, you know, but, but yeah, I like to think it's real, mm -hmm. but it's like, you know, I've been watching, there was this show on Netflix. It's like, 
robots love and hate or some shit like that. Some stupid name. Anyways, love, death and robots. Love that. I always get it wrong. Love, death and robots. And the thing about that show is that freaks me out is it's all animated. But the problem that I have with it is that some of the clips, I wasn't able to distinguish if it was a, an animation until I had to keep watching it because, you know, the human eye has something that picks up something, you know, the movement is off, you know, like, oh, that's, that's a cartoon, the movement. So when you would see these videos of these skinwalkers, it's like, oh, that's a guy, but then his movement would be off. So, but then this Mm. is a, this is a video. This is a, you know, what would be a person, either he's acting or it is an actual skinwalker that's trying to emulate what you would think Mm. of as a person but they're not, you know, the 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 zombie deer. You know, you have a fucking deer with like missing half its fucking body, and it's it's walking toward. Is that a skinwalker from you know mm-hmm. it saw a fucked up deer from a bear or something, or is it actually a dead deer? Like you don't know. So this show freaks me out because I'm not able to distinguish if it's real or fake. It's an animation, but it looks so real that I'm not able to tell until I see something that gives it off. But I have to physically look, bro. That's the scariest fucking thing that I have to sit there and look to be like, wait, is this? I was like, damn, these these Unreal engines are getting better and better as fucking time goes on. Like, this is trippy. Like, some of them, dude, I couldn't tell until late, like, minutes into the clips. And I'm not know if you've seen the whole thing, but a lot of them looked really realistic, which is kind of scary because we're... That just shows technology is able to emulate, you know, what uh, an ideal person would be or whatever it is. And hence, and, that, and that's yeah. when we get into the whole singularity thing. But uh, the skinwalker aspect of it, I, I find it very interesting. I haven't gone out there because what Ryan tells me that you give up a piece of yourself whenever you go out there, you know, and I and I go, so. Do we have like a reserve tank of this? Me, man. I'll, I'll fucking give up. I, I got plenty of pieces. Want, <laughs> want a piece? Love to go around. Let's do this. I'll fucking hell yeah, man. It's like, do you have a I reserve? Wanna... What happens when you run out, bro? Do you go insane? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what, what, what happens? I, I don't, I don't want to find man, out. Man, I'm a, I'm a cosmic entity, entity steering a meat puppet. I've been here a thousand times, and I got a thousand more times to go. So I'm not, I'm not worried about any ghosts or goblins come at me i'm, I'm ready for them. <laughs> i i'm i'm more intrigued at uh understanding that's both of those statements because i do think there's there's some connection there i do think back to what you're saying about cameras uh, the phenomenon definitely has an intelligence about it when it comes to fucking cameras and that's present in ghosts and UFOs and all of this shit. Like they definitely, you know, um, avoid being filmed or allow themselves to be filmed in certain scenarios. And they always react. Even in those famous Navy videos, you can see what you're watching is them reacting to being filmed. That one starts rotating and doing weird shit. The go fast goes fast it starts getting the fuck out of there almost like it knows it's being watched and it's almost impossible for them they're struggling to get that camera to lock on to a uh, an object which again that's what those cameras are designed to do so it's, it's weird stuff um there's um some interesting poltergeist evidence where um they there was this case in russia where they were able poltergeist activity was happening so frequently in this apartment 
that they're like, okay, well, let's film it. And it started to avoid the cameras. Always, like the poltergeist shit would always ha- happen off camera. And this is consistent with tons of investigations, even the shitty ones on the travel channel. <laughs> and again, I do a lot of that's them faking some shit to get some views. But it's also a pain in the ass because there are legitimate investigators who go through that same phenomenon of where it's always happening off camera. That was something that they reported at Skinwalker Ranch. You know, when Bigelow owned it, they set up all of those hundreds of cameras and they would always have this weird phenomenon happening right off camera. Um, In the Russian case, though, they were able to like set a camera at the back of a room looking through a doorway. And it was like for like it was kind of like off in a way enough that like the poltergeist is like, okay, well, I can like throw shit in front of that. Because you can't see what's happening on either side of the doorway. Like, there's no way I can watch that video and be like, well, that's a a real video. I can't say it because I can't see the other areas of the room. And it almost was like putting on a puppet show is almost, you know, what it would these these videos of this poltergeist activity would look like doors and things would fly into view and. Um, one door would fall and it would partially obscure the camera more. And like, you would see things like kind of like pop up and it almost looks like, like that's gotta be a person standing there fucking doing that. Right. And I, everything in the video makes it look like a, a farce, but you have four or five paranormal investigators in the room being like, there's no one in there. And then they'll like grab the camera and like rush and turn around the corner and there is no one there but it's impossible to rule out the trickery. And so it almost cameras almost have this effect on the phenomenon where it, it adds another layer of observance. And I think that's when you get most of those light spheres. I think that's when you get the light sphere is when you have a camera around and Fucking orb photos are the worst. 99.9% of those are nonsense. They're bugs, especially here in Florida. I don't want to see a paranormal team taking a photo and saying it's a light orb. Bro, you're in Florida. There's bugs everywhere. (laughs) It's a bug on your camera. That's what you caught. Um, But when people see these lights with their physical eyes, like in Marfa, Texas, in Brown Mountain, in the Carolinas... Um, Greenbrier Road, south of Jacksonville, again, just off the St. John's River. This light seems to follow cars. Um, these physically seen spheres of light seem to definitely be the ones you can catch on camera. And of course, that's your ball lightning. That's your, you know, oh, it's some kind of plasma effect. But no one's been able to answer why those plasmas seem to act sentient every once in a while. <laughs> and that's still a, a, a mystery that, you know, we're, we're unable to really understand. Again, because once we start investigating it, our personal filters get thrown on top of, that, of it. And suddenly you're a guy ranting about demons or ranting about reptilians or whatever your, whatever your brand is. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly, exactly, because it's all confirmation bias. That's why I like to keep right. an open mind about this stuff, because me, I, I personally, I don't, the paranormal really doesn't, like, pique my interest all that much. I'm more into the, 
a cult and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not into hauntings. I do believe that, I mean, just like the show Stranger Things, they put this stuff in movies and shows to show us that it's a possibility. Like, there are alternate dimensions. They're literally putting it out there. It's like, well, that's just make-believe, you know, and it's not real. I, th- I find it very interesting, the mind, right, consciousness, is it's a very interesting thing because we can literally go anywhere we want in our minds at any point in time. I could close my eyes right now and, and pretend that I'm in Egypt or something like that. I can go there in my mind's eye, and I think that shows us something. These things that we're able to almost conjure up in our minds, I think that's what you're saying, that it'll sometimes reflect Right. Carl Jung talks about yeah. these projections where the mind, it, you know, it, you know, the UFO phenomenon. And he talks about it being a projection or an egregore or some sorts, which I could also, I mean, go into that. You have the but I don't know. I think like, for example, the 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 Watiko, you know, the the one where you have to, I think, eat somebody to become one. That, that sounds like yeah. an occult fucking ritual where. You do something for, you know, powers in return. That sounds like a, you know, like a pact with the devil or something where it's like in order for you to become this immortal being, oh, you got to fucking kill a whole village of people. Or maybe it's a story or maybe it's, you know, I I do believe in witchcraft and black magic and all these things. I do, you know. That's something that pops up consistently with these window areas is there's always like an ancient ancient legend associated with it and even in point pleasant with the mothman and all that shit the original window area there was chief cornstalk who was killed and had his soldiers massacred after they signed a treaty they murdered him totally unfair dick move um and he cursed the the land like he did this whole there was this whole you know curse associated with point pleasant and you know it's a pretty downtrodden area to this day <laughs> it's certainly uh you know not the uh the jewel of of west virginia <laughs> as you can imagine there's not a lot of jewels in west virginia so um you have the singing river in pascagoula in mississippi um two dudes were abducted by aliens the pascagoula abductions no investigated you- by police you did it. You said abducted, not a, not a uh, adopted, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think abducted, adopted for a, a few minutes <laughs> or years. Who knows? And this one was well documented, though. They went right to the police. The police tried to like catch them in their lie, like they put a secret recorder in the room and everything. And they investigated it fully, and they were like, "Well, we believe them. Like, well, yeah, they were abducted by aliens." And um, the the aliens that abducted them super weird these metallic they had like pointed ears and like a, a cone on the top of their head no faces but like metal humanoid shape um and um they you said they were point they were almost like a cone you said yeah they almost had like these cone ears and a cone head um again some of the shit you see mimicked in occult dress um specifically by there's a a tribe in Patagonia, the Selk Nam tribe. If you look up some of their fucking ceremonial outfits and shit, super bizarre stuff, but they line up with this specific alien abduction. But more interestingly, the reason it's called singing river is because 500 years ago, when the French governor of Louisiana traveled through the area, 
they heard this mysterious singing generating off the river. And they, um, they said that uh, this tribe had, instead of going to war and being defeated by this stronger tribe, they sang their death chant and all drowned themselves in the river. And you can still hear this death chant to this day. Um, and yeah, same location, this tiny little patch of river where this supposed mass suicide occurred is where these two dudes were abducted by aliens 400 something years later. Very, and again, Fort George Island here in, in Florida has that same ancient history of weird shit happening. John Rebault was the first person. Um, the first Protestant to land in North America, a French um, sailor. He landed there at Fort George Island where the first Protestant prayer was prayed in all of North America. The start of what would be, you know, a mass genocide (laughs) of Native Americans for the next couple hundred years uh, started right there on that island. And ironically, he was wiped out by the Spanish who set up a settlement 40 miles to the south at St. Augustine. Um, His fort was there a few years beforehand. And if they hadn't wiped him out, Fort George Island or that area might be the oldest city in North America. Interesting. But but it's St. Augustine, which is obviously the St. Augustine, which is weird. But Mm -hmm. this... I don't think that would help your case if you're wiping out the indigenous population. Uh, for example, I did an occult foundations episode on Florida, and we talked about the the weird characters of Henry B. Plant, you know, Plant City, Henry mm-hmm. Flagler, you know, Flagler College, and oh, yeah. Henry Very Flagler cool. was actually John D. Rockefeller's right hand man. So you have the Rockefeller Foundation as well involved in the founding of uh, perhaps, you know, you could arguably say it's connected to the founding of Florida because Henry Flagler wouldn't have made all his money if he wasn't associated with John D. Rockefeller. And you have a bunch of Henry's dude. It's Henry B. Plant, Henry Sanford, Sanford, uh, the city Sanford. You have a bunch of uh, Henry's. There's one more in there as well, but they would, you know, as they're, they're, they're robber barons. So as, as they're developing their, their road, road tracks, they are coming across old burial grounds of indigenous people. And what they would do is they would plow right through them and the bones that they would find, they would just give them away as souvenirs to the workers that are working on the railroad tracks. And here you go. You take this skull and you take that. And Geronimo was stationed here in Florida at one point. And in the, I forgot the name of the port, but of the fort, but it was in the panhandle somewhere. But Geronimo was stationed here at one point, and also you have the the seminal legends where he, you know, he was either seminal or Osseo. I always get them mixed up. But one of the tribe leaders, he ha- was befriended by a doctor, and the yeah, doctor was Osceola. Uh-huh. Was it Osceola? Severed head. Yes, uh-huh. yes, yes. He kept yep. his severed fucking head. It's like that was in Saint Augustine. Yeah. Is that? Yes, and there's a, there's the headless apparition allegedly that appears around the Fort de San Marcos, where again there was this obsession with having a relic of you know how they do with saints they have relics yep. of saints they have their bones and all this shit. It's like, are you trying to tap into like this magical power that they get because Dronimo was invincible and he had unlocked the secret you know he had magical powers, and I also 
you see it with the names. They keep the names of all the indigenous tribes, Osceola County, you know, Okeechobee, all these different, you know, Palatka, all these different names, they're names of tribes. So is it, do they think that they're going to get power from using these names almost like as a mantra or something to, you know, continue there? Because I do believe that there are occult rituals, you know, magical rituals happening in real time and i think even the founding of the united states in 1776 there was a paranormal experience within that room allegedly you know depending on which yeah. which legend you want to believe so i th- i think magic plays a big fucking role either that or aliens interdimensional aliens that plays a big role even in the founding of this country you know what i mean i think that's something people can't ignore yeah well and the, i i certainly agree that um you know the these words words are the original hallucinogenic drug yes that's again words are magic witchcraft you know if i if you were listening to me tell a story during this show and you like pictured it in your head or whatever you just hallucinated and i made you do it you're under my spell i have this quote Uh, bro because you touched on something it's by falconelli which that was a that was a weird motherfucker too but it says here, language, the instrument of the spirit, has a life of its own, even though it is only a reflection of the universal idea. And that's Falconelli, the mystery of the cathedrals. And again, you've got to send that to me because that's exact. That is the, a way more elegant way to say what I was about <laughs> to get into, man. Fuck that guy was on some shit. <laughs> yeah, that dude was definitely on some shit. Because I've been, uh, I've been. Uh, doing research i'm doing an episode on john d and i've been doing research oh, wow. on yeah. the uh, the enochian magic the angelic language mm. the what they call ophanic language and all this stuff and it's like there's a, all these different aspects of it and you start seeing you know these different a- these other things i've looked into that play that that you can drag into it like it's like this is at the center of everything because william shakespeare which has influenced language spell when you spell your spelling you're casting mm-hmm. a spell we know this they use weird language at some things you know at the dmv i got a, i got a text message all the time. I was like we're gonna summon you here in 15 minutes what the fuck am i a fucking magician you're gonna summon me <laughs> into the dnv what do you what do you you know yeah. what i mean like what are you getting at so you got to pay attention to the twilight language the green language because that's mm-hmm. where the hidden, you know, it's meanings behind that. You know, these these occult circles aren't going to come out and, hey, this is what we're talking about. No, they were writing this stuff when they were burning people alive for talk. Look at your, uh, your uh, what the hell is Bruno? Whatever the fuck his name is. The the, the church guy. They burned him for, mm-hmm. you, look at Galileo. They were going to fucking kill him because he thought that he was right. You know, the, the, yeah, the because he was right. He yeah. was fucking <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like there's all these history is fucked up. So I think language has how you're saying. Absolutely, it's psychedelic. And if you look at the original alphabets, they had way less letters than the ones that they have have now. And I do believe that back then it was like Harry Potter, bro. I think that language had that spark. I think it was how they show us, you know. The thing we've forgotten is it's still like that. We, We kind of dismiss it because we do have these cool things like computers and phones and shit that also really does mimic magic. But the base root of all of that is still language. And it goes back to these window areas, you know, 
people for for you know decades now have been trying to figure out what makes these areas special. There's a lot of great stupid theories out there. My favorite one is quartz crystals. It's the quartz crystals in the in the caves underneath. Why don't you like that? Which, <laughs> I, I, it's fine. I'm sure it is. I just don't really buy into a lot of the crystal stuff. It's it's cool and they're useful. There's a lot of I'm sure there's an undiscovered technology that could be built around it, but it's not, you know, it's pretty rock pretty. I, I yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think that's the source of it because you have window areas that don't have, you know, large amounts of quartz crystal. Again, every single one of those explanations seems to fall flat except for this one. And it's the one that they have to have a legend, a story. There's a story. And again, it's usually an older story. It doesn't necessarily have to be a true one. Let's take the Singing River example in, in Pascagoula. The, um, the Indian tribe that sacrificed themselves, there's no historic record for any of that. There's, it's, it probably didn't happen. But there's the story. And he sources the story from Native Americans. So there was some Native American story that's older than the French governor's story about this. And the story, sure, it changes and it morphs and it alters, but it's a story. And it's a story over time. And I think that's your equation to how you get a window area. Story times X period of of time equals legitimate paranormal phenomena. Wait, break that How down. How does that work? I don't know. So, so break that down for me because we know, because I talk about rhetoric, the art of memory being the foundation to all religions. Because when you build a mind palace, when you're trying to, you know, rhetoric, the art, again, the art of memory, mm-hmm. when you're trying to remember something, you need to come up with a crazy fucking story. Uh, uh, the crazier, the better. That way you're able to remember it within your mind and you pass that on orally. That's why back then they weren't recording whatever on the cuneiform tablets. They were only recording important things. So everything else was oral tradition. And in order for you to pass that tradition on to your children and their children's children, you told them a crazy fucking story about some man in the sky that came down and visited your people and showed them how to, you know, shoot archery or how to do agriculture and how to do all this. It's like, what did he look like? He looked like a fish man. Yes. Half man, half fish. And where'd he come he from? Like a flying dragon. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, the, cra- the crazier, the um, fucking better. So I think that's the, so what's this equation? Because you're saying, tell a crazy story. Then what? <laughs> <laughs> so tell a crazy story. And then it's, it's, that's we know that part of the equation the next parts of the equation are a little difficult but it seems to be over time it's something that's got to be repeated over time you don't even got to repeat the story correctly necessarily you just got to repeat the story and still have that same essence of mystery whatever it is and it seems that these locations people will go there and experience reality glitches, whatever the the source of paranormal phenomenon is. And then they'll start applying that filter on it. 
Um, and initially, those filters and those experiences will align with that legend, right? You'll hear the singing. You'll see the ghost lady in white at Kingsley Plantation. But nowadays, we know the story of the UFOs of King, of the Betts house. And so nowadays, people will go out there and maybe see a UFO. And you'll have the transition where someone, people will start seeing a ghost. And then someone who doesn't believe in ghosts or doesn't experience any ghostly phenomenon, maybe a Jerry Betts, you know, she's like, oh, it's just... You know, chemicals in the soil. That's what causes it's really like, fucking no weird is what it is. <laughs> no, no ghosts to be seen here. All of a sudden UFOs are on the island. You know, now the, 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 the reality shifted to meet her expectations almost. You know what I mean? And so, again, it's it's hard to say. And I don't like to say, which can be annoying for some people, they, you know, People love a story that ends with an answer. And all my stories end with fucking cliffhangers. Because I'm honest with you. I don't fucking know. Like, I'm not going to pretend like, no, it's definitely aliens. I know it. They're from this planet. And their dicks are this big. And I, I don't have that information for you. I, I, all I can say is that um, I don't even like to use the word entities. I think once we start calling these paranormal things entities, we give them this kind of agency and, you know, mm -hmm. they start becoming uh, more sentient than I think we should give them credit for. I like to call them disincarnate information um, it's because that's that's what it is. And people tap into disincarnate information all the time. Yeah, Akashic Records, yeah. Right. And sometimes that information is fucking spot on and correct. A lot of the times it's bullshit and nonsense. So, <laughs> again, we've got to take it from an objective point of view. Uh, you know, under hallucinogenic drugs, people experience these things, you know, in their face. And they'll like, I no, I've done this where I'm like, this is the greatest idea I've ever had <laughs> on mushrooms. And I write down something and I look back at it in the next morning and it's like pineapple toaster. Frog. Dude, you're the second <laughs> person to tell me that. And my buddy, my buddy, Thomas, Paranoid American, he was, he was, we were talking on our ride up to Jacksonville to see Tripoli. We were talking about, he's like, dude, I remember all these artists they would and in myself i'd smoke so much weed and i think i'd be having the craziest revelation while i'm high as fuck these artists would come in and they would because he was a hip and you know, he would produce music mm -hmm. for hip-hop artists and when they would come in stoned as fuck like, yeah this is the best shit ever dude i'm gonna record i'm gonna kill this track and they were stoned as fuck and then when they would come back the next day i'm like what the fuck is this this is garbage <laughs> he'd be yeah. writing comic ideas down yeah. like yeah, this is the craziest comic ever. Come back the next day sober. What is, like you're saying, like, uh -huh. you know, what is this? So, but I want to go back to the to the story thing because I really like that idea. It's almost like a magical formula, if you will, Ooh. where you come up with this and then you give, you breathe life into some, I guess some, uh, what is it called? Like a yeah. golem type the of thing. Evergore or the tulpa. Yeah, I the, the tulpa. thought form. Yeah, yeah. I know fucking occult TikTok's going to get at my ass, but I'm tired of doing Tulpa v. Egregore. They're all Tulpas. I'm the Tulpas, okay? We're, we're, we're fucking Tulpas. Yeah, um, except when you have sex with it. What, <laughs> <laughs> well, the distinction, the technical distinction is 
a tulpa would be something that I personally generate for myself. And then an egregore is one that like a bunch of people have generated together. Slender man would be an egregore. Um, which again started with one story, one dude's story, which base root of it. And that's what you find through all occultism. You know, all the information is hidden within stories and within language. And it's, it's how we process information still. We're, we think of ourselves in this modern way, you know, with technology and stuff as being more analytical but we're not. We're story-fueled beings. And whatever the best story is, is usually what people believe. And that's why you've got so many people believing some pretty fucking crazy shit out there. It's because there's a lot of good storytellers. And we're all connected <laughs> together now. And unfortunately, the story, you know, governments and media wants to sell fucking sucks. And the story other people are selling... Uh, they're they also fucking suck but they're way more entertaining it's way more easy to believe you know the queen's a reptilian alien other than you know just some incestually bred twat no nah, i think she's a fucking lizard bro 100 percent. do you is well, there I, again go ahead go ahead no, go ahead. Uh, well i was gonna say i do approve of using those stories as spells to cast to dehumanize those people because we're probably going to need to do that for our own sanity through the next <laughs> phase of human uh, evolution here because it's uh, getting weird out there. And, yeah. Uh, people yeah. are getting hungry. People are getting uh, upset. And uh, there's uh, some people who aren't. And they're going to have to start feeling that. So <laughs> it's going to get weird. <laughs> Is there any other weird Florida story that has piqued oh, yeah. your interest as you know. i wanted to do i wanted to talk about the coral castle i think we might have touched on that <laughs> last time yeah uh, i've been there i was actually showing the guys i was doing a, a a podcast with mark and chris and i was showing them i have a piece of the coral castle as a souvenir that yeah. they sell when i went and because the craziest thing happened where i was I had a fan of the show who listened to the episode that we did, Illuminati Confirmed, and they wrote to me. They're like, oh, it's, he's another Florida guy. He's like, hey, dude, let's go to Coral Castle. It looks sick, da-da-da. I heard you guys talking about it, which has the dead. And I'm like, yeah, dude, whatever. He's like, did you know that he wrote a book on magnetism? Because the whole thing, his whole thing was he had figured out the secrets of the pyramid and all this uh -huh, stuff. Uh-huh, that's what I was just going to say. <laughs> and he sends me the book. He sends me a link to the book. It was like two bucks on Amazon, right? It was Edward Leeds Scanlon. I forgot how to always say his name. It's like some weird, something like that. Mm -hmm. And he sends me the book. And I forward it to somebody else, right? I forward it to somebody else. And I'm listening to Joe Rogan, right? And he's on with Duncan Trussell. And I then to that today. they fucking bring up Coral Castle, <laughs> bro. After I had already sent it and we had done the whole episode, I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Like, I'm having all these synchronicities happening to me as of lately where I'm like, is it is the universe trying to tell me something or is it just a big fucking coincidence? You know what I mean? And mm. so, yeah, the, the whole Coral Castle thing is very interesting because it runs into your research with that the was it he's a german something like that the yeah russian russian yeah the uh, scientist with the little black boxes edward was a a sickly 100 pound 5 foot man they have like this little 
display of his actual height when you go there. And he was very skinny and frail and he was moving these massive dude. If you go there, it's massive. There's these stones. There's no way this little man, but he was said to have carried a little black box with him. You know, was it magnetism? Was it, uh, you know, makeshift tools that he was using? He was using axles from old Fords and springs from old Fords to be able to split apart the stone. Maybe, perhaps. But the fact, if you look at the sheer size of these things, and he was able to make a, I believe it's a lunar calendar, which is, it's like mm-hmm. the the one where it's like a figure eight. He was able to make one of those with like precise it was so precise and they're uh, allegedly they're, they're hard to make because you have to you know know about the astronomy and all this stuff yeah. and he also made a telescope there's a telescope where you can look through where it has four quadrants and the moon will always be in one of the co- quadrants depending on the season or the day or whatever it is so this guy was and there was also allegedly he was a freemason so there is some yeah. freemasonic symbolism within the coral castle but Ooh. i found it very interesting and i and i had done an episode on it on another show that i do strange ones we talked about it and i have a house in home and it was coincidentally enough it was 10 minutes away so i ended up going one day with my wife and i was like i oh, never yeah. heard of this place and it was really fucking weird bro it was like something about the ley line there something something about south florida that rubs me the wrong way dude i don't know what it is but it rubs it's me all those dead bodies in the everglades <laughs> <laughs> probably I always think about the, what's uh what's the place in new jersey the pine barrens they're like oh so many dead bodies out there um god the everglades just eternal and you know it's forever and there's Everything in there will eat a dead body. So you yes. just toss it and it's gone. It's gone in like days. Have you ever been you to that never find anyone. Yeah, a couple times. Um, you know, like on little day hikes. I'd love to like, you know, really like go on like an airboat and do the whole thing. Um, you know, but yeah, yeah uh, I've been I've been fishing in the Everglades a bunch of times and it's something about the energy out there that is different than any other place anywhere in the world you know you can go Mm. to the mountains in fucking tennessee but again these open areas the only other place that i can really say i felt the sort of the same way was in the smoky mountains you know i believe it was the smoky mountain national park where i was in the mountains i was fly fishing with a guide and this guy dude i you know me me being me i asked this guy and i go hey you know, I, I talk about the cryptids and shit like that. And, right, it was, it was very mad. The, the atmosphere is very magical. That's the only way I could put it. It's like Ooh. you want to take your shoes off and fucking put your foot on the these huge rocks yeah. there. Oh, yeah. And I asked him and I go, I looked at him. I go, hey, dude, you ever, you know, I know you're in these remote areas. You know, there's no cell service out here. It's very, feels like, you know, somebody's watching me. You know, you fucking, mm-hmm. you feel like somebody's always watching you. I go, you ever seen Bigfoot? And he looks around and he goes, somebody put you up to this? And I go, nah, dude. He's like, anybody at the shop tell you anything? And I'm like, nah, dude. Because I had to go like sign some paperwork at some shop before I was gonna get guided. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely, I'm curious. Have you ever seen anything out here? He goes, yeah, dude. I've seen Bigfoot five times out here. I'm like, fucking five, yeah. bro, five times. Like, yeah, I was like, you saw a deer. He's like, no, bro. This was like a quarterback running after like some deer. I'm like, I don't know. And then after the fact, I had hit him up to come on the podcast, and he never wrote back, bro. 
He fucking yeah. never fucking rolled back. But people still feel that way about their experience, especially the Bigfoot folk. That they're definitely. I, I did um, a couple conferences here selling magazines, and I spoke at one in Punta Gorda for a little bit. Um, there, it's definitely older folk. There's like a lot of older dudes um, and women out there. You know, always white people. It's go, going back to that cultural filter thing. I don't know what that is, man, but 110%. Are you trying to say that the, it, it's like a white person afraid of a black, a big black guy or something? That's what Bigfoot uh, is well, to them? You know, no, Bigfoot can appear in many different colors and shades. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying black people don't really seem to see him that, that much. <laughs> well, that is, yeah, that damn, that is an interesting aspect. But also, mm-hmm. the black people in the movies never fucking stick around. It's always the white people who's like, what was that noise? I don't know. Let's go fucking <laughs> investigate true. it, dude. Like, what? Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I would true. fucking piece the fuck out of there real quick because I'm not going to go after whatever it <laughs> yeah, is that I saw. Yeah, you hear something in the woods and you're like, no, I'm good. <laughs> I remember one time I, I went hunting. I went boar hunting with a buddy of mine. And he takes me to this spot. And we're just sitting in the tree stand. It's pitch black. The only light is from the moonlight. And we start talking about aliens and shit. Mind you, we can't even see. You can't even see your hand in front of your face. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, all right, dude. I'm getting kind of freaked out, right? Because we're in here and we're using thermal. And the the I go, hey, dude. You know, I'm kind of scared that when I go to turn on this thermal, I'm gonna have something staring back at me, like something, you know, by the feet or whatever. Mm -hmm. We're hunting uh, wild hog. And he goes, dude, I'm not scared of anything that's out here. If anything, I'm scared of people that live out here. He said that one time he captured on his trail cam, again, a white dude, no shirt, (laughs) no shoes, carrying a rifle in his hand, gives a thumbs up to the camera and fucking gone the next frame. I was like, holy shit. So those guys are the ones you got to be careful. But then he tells me this other shit and I go, bro, why'd you bring me out here? So where we were, allegedly, because it's off of I-95 in the middle of the fucking woods somewhere, allegedly less than five aerial miles from where we were at, at the border of this preserve or something. I don't know. You know how it is, a swamp out here. Yeah. We, there was a Bigfoot sighting, a, a skunk ape sighting, like level two or whatever levels it is that they use that it was <laughs> off of I-95 People saw it. It was around four or five o'clock in the afternoon and people saw the same thing and a bunch of people called it in. And this motherfucker brings me fucking five aerial miles near this thing. I go, bro, we're going to get fucking, you know, Bigfoot's going to touch me inappropriately while we're out here. And you fucking (laughs) bring me out here. You know what I mean? Like, why'd you do that? He's like, I don't know, bro. I thought it'd be fun. I'm like, but it's something about, Again, these open, these large open areas where the energy is different. And there's a reason why in the Middle East, they always talked about, again, the jinn living in these areas. And the jinn, if you really look at it, it is that trickster aspect that, that you yeah. know, the, the shapeshifter, the skinwalker. When Ryan Burns talks about the skinwalker, he talks about how he can hear them speaking above his head. 
you know, in the air whispering like this gibberish, this, yeah. this weird, almost like an Enochian maybe is an angelic fucking language that they talked about that John D and Edward Kelly were, were talking about where it was like almost like this gibberish, but is it really gibberish or is it some sort of language that literally manifests and changes reality in real time? Cause that's the whole thing about the angelic language where it was being dictated to Edward Kelly and John D backwards. Cause if they would have said it, forwards they would have fucking they would bring an apocalypse or even summon the governor the archon of that aether it's like no we this is so crazy we have to tell it to you backwards letter by letter so again very weird and also this idea of language when a child is learning to speak and they're coming up with this this gibberish that's actually how you're supposed to learn how to speak you're supposed to you know, mix all these vowels and noises together in a process to where then you're able to bring forth a language, whatever language it is that you're speaking. Mm-hmm. Again, that's the science behind it. Is it true or not? I don't know, but it's it's a very interesting aspect where, uh, again, uh, Florida is, I think, has, has some questionable roots with the people that were behind it and them wiping out how you said this genocide of the indigenous people i don't think really helped anything when it came to oh, the yeah. foundation of this of the state so and if you look at it dude it went from being the the poorest state with the lowest population and then exploding right after that and then in the 70s was when uh um, a disney came through and we know that fucking yeah. disney is the lizard people so is it some sort of spell? I don't know, bro, but this shit's weird out here. You have any, you have any, you, you want to wrap it up, bro? You have any closing thoughts on this? On the, I think this is fucking great. We talked about a lot of different things. Hell yeah. No, it's great. Uh, you know, Florida is definitely a, a strange place. It's, it's people are probably one of the strangest bits and um, <laughs> that's good for, for strange stories. And like I said, those stories are the, the start of, uh, what turns into real paranormal mm-hmm. phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting place to be. Um, that's for sure. I definitely need to, uh, get down there and check out that coral castle. It's like top of my list. I got a whole nother project I'm working on and, and, uh, with all that B theory stuff, we're, we're going to figure out how he did it. We're going to crack this code. <laughs> that guy wasn't that smart. I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> I think he was. Bro. Challenge accepted. And I think he was I'm from with that book. I think he was, that? where was he from? Was any Russian or something like that too? He was from, yeah, he was, he was some, most Eastern Europeans, man, Nikola Tesla, all of them. They're different stuff. Again, that's one of the things I think we miss out. Language defines your reality. It, it defines everything. And we only learn the one language here in the U.S. We're short setting. It's the our dumbest fucking, fucking language. Yeah. It, uh, it's, well, you know, how hold on. I teach English. <laughs> it's, a, it's a universal <laughs> language. It's a useful one. Well, there's know? a reason back then in Europe, they would use Latin as mm-hmm. the language that was the, you know, the one or whatever, you know, the, the, the right. scholarly. So again, history to the victor of the spoils there's a reason why we're speaking fucking english and not latin or whatever french or mexican yeah, i don't know those, spanish learning those <laughs> alters your reality and opens up whole other other swaths of reality you know i my 
my Spanish needs work, but living in Mexico and stuff, you, you you learn that, that second reality. So yeah, let's, uh, you know, go out there, hear some stories, share some stories, you know, and, uh, enjoy the, the magic of reality. Hell yeah, bro. Uh, so I had a great time. Chaz, thank you for taking time to come on my show. I really Hell enjoyed yeah. this. Once you wrap up uh, some other projects, we could have you back on. Again to talk about those. And oh, yeah, let's do it. Can you share you with can the follow... listeners where they can find you? Yeah, no. Follow me at uh, Chaz of the Dead on all the social medias, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Um, you can go to ChazoftheDead.com to see my latest articles, podcast appearances. Um, I got a new book on that Bet Sphere coming out soon, hopefully next month. Um, so yeah, stay tuned for all that. Check out Paranormality Magazine. Um, they keep me employed and, uh, keep the world supplied with weird stories like we've been talking about. So go check that out as well. Um, and yeah, thanks for having me on, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, brother. Thank you so much. Take care, man. Have a good night.